And again, they have this social media microphone that they're using to sort of say whatever they want without thinking about any long-term consequences of this. And I think this whole sort of CEO activism as a brand strategy is this, it's this new and vogue thing to do in the moment, but it just seems like a really disconnected strategy to me, which is why I don't support it. Welcome to the Kingsley Grant Show, the podcast dedicated to helping you become the leader everyone loves and wants to follow. Kingsley believes his leadership paradigm, emotelligence, the art of succeeding where others failed, is the key to achieving this status. On this show, Kingsley guides you through the uncharted waters of emotional intelligence and leadership essentials, with the guarantee that upon exit, you will become more skilled in relationship management, decision-making, and job performance. Now here's your host, your coach, and your Sherpa, Kingsley Grant. Here we go, here we go, here we go. This is your boy, Kingsley Grant, sitting behind the Jamaican microphone, bringing you yet another show. And it is from the show that's been voted number three on the top 15 podcasts on emotional intelligence by Spot, And so I am excited that you are listening to one of the top shows right now. And I'm in the command center of the Emotelligent Leadership Institute, where I'm going to dig into the vault and get today's show so that what you've come for, you will have. So let me reach in right here and get today's show. There it is. I got it. I got it. And put it down right here. And now we can dive into today's show. And on today's show, we are going to talk about a topic that I tell you it is going to be one of those, I would say, doozers. That's a word. I, I, I just kind of throw that out there. But it is a special Edition because of a approach that my guest today, who is Chris Ruby, is going to be sharing. And you know, it's it can be a bit. How should I put it? <laughs> it's you know when I when I listened to this and we went through this interview, I'm thinking, wow, man, she is a sharpshooter. She holds nothing back. She speaks her mind. She is confident. She is just kind of a, you know, courageous in what she will say. And you'll hear how she talk about social responsibility, PR, CEO activism, and, and, and just on and on. You are in for a special episode today. So before I get you to listen to Chris Ruby's interview, let me say if this is your first time, listening to the show. Thank you so much for joining us and you are in for an exciting show. Let this not be your first and last, but your first of many. If you have been listening for some time and you've returned, thank you so very much because of you, this show is what it is and it could never have happened without you. And also this show is being brought to you by Kingspire Communication where we help leaders get better results and also prevent toxic workplace. We do that by coaching, keynote speaking, and training for both you 
and your team. So if you are interested in finding out more, you can make your way at the end of this episode to kingsleygrant.com. And at the end, I want to tell you about something that I've started, and this is going to be the first introduction of this at in this show, so you'll hear that towards the end. I don't want to take up much more time before I introduce you to our guest that you've come to listen to today. So without further ado, would you put your hands together and help me welcome our guest to the show, Kristen Ruby. Thank you for joining me on the Kings of Grand Show, where leadership and emotional intelligence skills intersect. This show is designed for leaders who want to know what works and what doesn't work in today's workplace and want to get better results. Today, we have a special guest on the show. Her name is Chris Ruby. Let me tell you just a few things about her and we'll unpack as we go. She is a CEO of Ruby Media Group, national television commentator and political commentator. This morning, I am so excited that we have you on the show. Chris, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Thank you so much for having me, Kingsley. I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. And where in the world is Chris today? (laughs) I am in Westchester County today. Awesome. Great. So, Chris, one of the questions I ask all my guests, the first question I ask is, when you hear the word leader and or leadership, what comes to your mind? When I think about a leader, I think about someone who is creating something that is larger than themselves, someone who's created a vision that they've built out that other people can follow. And so I think that's really important. Um, I think if you if your vision it doesn't go beyond yourself, that's not really a leader, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to be thinking at a greater, higher level, 360 strategic view, where you can create a vision and a mission that other people can align to and follow. You know, I like what you said um, when you said you, you framed it as something larger than yourself. I think it's so important because you, you I find leaders who don't have that, it tend to where you, where you hit that you know goal so quickly, then where do you go afterwards? I really love the way you frame that. Um, here's a question I, I want to think about that when you mentioned a leader. How does then a leader get people to follow something that tends to be so bigger than him or herself? What are some ways you might think of that? he or she could really get people to buy into that. You know, it's really interesting because I, I think that's what that's what's the, the challenging part of how mm. someone becomes a leader, right? Because most people can't do that. That skill set, that one area you're talking about is what de- actually defines a leader. So to answer that question, I think that they think about and intuitively understand what is important to other people. So when they are bringing on employees or other team members, they first think about why is this person here? What do they want? What is it? Corporate social responsibility. You know, why do they even join my company? What's in it for them? They think about that first and sort of reverse engineer a strategy around that. So that way they can keep people happy and satisfied. And obviously leaders, right, when they, there's different, there's different areas, right? So for some talent, it could be economic, 
means, and that's what's going to drive them. For others, it's going to be a worldly, you know, do good in the world, corporate mm-hmm. social responsibility, you know. And so there's, you know, probably the five pillars of these different areas that leaders can use. But at the end of the day, they need to figure out how can I create something and align my talent mm-hmm. to want to achieve that. Do you find that sometimes leaders, who, especially at the top, the CEO, who have this great vision, and then to filter that down, and and sometimes that CEO might have certain kind of a leaning or agenda that he or she is trying to drive, and so it may come to a, as a conflict or a clash with the different ideas of their team members. For example, so a CEO who becomes very social active and want to drive that in his or her company what might be the challenge that they might have because it's bigger than themselves but what are some of the challenges that they may run up against in that regard so right now uh you know <laughs> one of the biggest challenges is this this notion of ceo activism and mm-hmm. what does that mean right mm-hmm. so we have this time that things have changed in where you have these CEOs that are taking a political stance on different topics right now. And so let's say that this leader's goal is to align their team politically for uh, an area that they believe in. Well, what if their team doesn't believe in the same things? That becomes a big challenge. And that's either you're either going to align your team to go your way or the team members are going to leave. But either way, it's created a very challenging and somewhat hostile work environment for certain team members because they feel stuck. Mm. Do you find that um, if the millennial generation, for example, who are more into social good and so on, would they be more aligned to that or that can also create pose a problem or a tricky dance for that later? Because again, like you described, what if the other people are not in alignment with what direction he or she is leading the company? Do you find millennials are more apt to lean that way or how do you find it? You know, I think they, so millennials can be more apt to lean that way, but I think the problem is, is that there's, if we're talking about politics, for example, Mm -hmm. there's two, there's, there's more than one political party in this country, Mm -hmm. right? So even if millennials are more apt to want to align to corporate social responsibility, it doesn't mean that they're more apt to lean the way that the leader leans, Mm -hmm. right? And so that's the challenge. We have this problem with CEOs in America today that assume everyone is going to follow whatever their political viewpoint is. Mm -hmm. But how is that, how, in what world would that ever be possible (laughs) when there's more than one political point of view? It's not realistic. And what happens is it starts to impose that political point of view on the people around you. And that is really challenging, right? Because when you sign up for a job, that's not necessarily what you sign up for. You may not even know where your political, where where the CEO stands at that point. But then, you know, in this climate that we're in right now, it seems like what we're having is this major change of, uh, you know, PR strategies in corporate America, where even 10 years ago, people would say any PR firm agency CEO would say, avoid politics. Don't discuss it. Keep it out. And now we have the total opposite direction where it's it's almost this cool thing to do for CEOs now to jump in and say what they think about guns or or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. They're hopping on this bandwagon because they think we're going to make real change. We're going to tell people what we think. But the problem is sometimes what they're saying has consequences. 
I mean, we saw that with Nike too, right? Yeah. With, with the uh, tax incentives that were lost for them to build a plant. Right. The whole governor of Arizona, uh, Ducey, or whoever right. I talked about in that segment at that point. Um, and that's just one example. So, so it could really have some very deep consequences. Not only could you lose your best people who may not be in alignment with your idea as a CEO, but it could also have a damage. What about the shareholders who possibly themselves may not have even thought about that? And now they're wondering, where's this company going? Yes, that's a really great point in terms of the shareholders. Um, it has a, a colossal damage effect economically because they do wonder where it's going and they... Um, they may not agree politically mm -hmm. and they get concerned that these CEOs are out there actively st saying these different stances and, and they, they may not want that. Mm. That is not what they signed up for either. You know, and, and the other interesting thing about consumers is sometimes, you know, sometimes if you get a pizza, you just want it to be pizza. Yeah. If you get shoes, yeah. you just want a pair of shoes. Yes. You get a toothbrush, you just want a toothbrush. You don't, same thing, you get a razor, you just want a razor. You don't always want to know this whole sweeping story behind all of these things. Now, that's the opposite of what brand advertisers say today, right? Because mm -hmm. they say it's all about the story and it's mm -hmm. all about taking a stance. And so there's this divide in America among CMOs and CEOs and brand advertisers and publicists <laughs> on what the strategy is around all of this today. So, I mean, do you that, you know, I, I like what you're saying, because I think that, you know, when I was reading one of your articles and you mentioned the fact that, you know, CEOs, and you mentioned today also that it's kind of a cool thing to do. And they're thinking that, well, we want to be kind of joining with what seems to be the trend. You know, I, I for example, I just saw a, a company, I won't mention the name, but they were kind of caving in to a, agenda. And they're thinking that we need to get on board because it seemed like everybody's going that way. It's a cool thing to do. It's a thing to do today. But you mentioned about the, the damage, the colossal damage that can bring. But long-term economic problems with that? I mean, I think there can be loss of profitability and definitely loss of sales and revenue long term. Mm. And that's what no one looks at. They look at in the moment, they look at the short term, you know, what they perceive as the short term gain, which is a lot of free earned media and press hits saying, look at what this company is doing, right? Mm -hmm. And all of the social media mentions and, and just earned media in general. Um, that doesn't necessarily equate to long term profitability. And I think we have a problem, too, with media where people look at these short-term PR wins, but they're not necessarily thinking, okay, how does that actually impact how many shoes we're selling or how many mm -hmm. razors we're selling? I get that people are happy about all of the earned media that they're getting in that moment, but I want to know what actually happens to the stock price long-term and what happens also to the brand equity long term mm. because sometimes that can take a hit. So sometimes what you see is people will say, oh, their stock price did fine and they did better than ever better than ever. Okay. But did they, you know, really irritate a core group of consumers so much that they will never go back. They will never ever go buy those shoes again. Right. And so mm. I hear that all the time too. And so that's something that, you know, you can't necessarily look at that as is seeing that short term with sales results. You need more time to see the ripple effect of that. You know, I love what you just said because I think there is sometimes this idea they may forget the core people who have put them with put them to where they are in in the short term of getting seemingly this PR and and uh it's the hip thing to do, but like I said, those core people who have brought you and built you to what you are may just 
decide, you know what, forget it. And long term, you begin to realize they are your true, quote, fans, unquote, that really is important to sustain your company. So here's a question I'm hearing you're saying, and I want to ask this question, Chris, because um, how, how then is, uh, or is corporate social responsibility a great PR strategy? Because here it is, is a PR moment. They're thinking they're getting, but is that a great PR strategy? So I believe that corporate social responsibility can be a great PR strategy if it's integrated in the right way. And if you truly believe in what you're saying, and if you've actually thought it through, right? So if you're going to do something and you, again, I'm not talking about politics, right? Because right. politics is a totally different thing. Right. But if you want to do something, for example, for the environment or environmental awareness, and you're taking some strong stance, if you've really thought that through and you figured out how you can integrate that in every way and not just make it a PR stunt and integrate that throughout your entire company, then I, then I will definitely be on board with that and say that's a great move. But if it's not integrated, I think consumers can feel that and it can feel like a PR uh stint that won't last. So I think that is the difference of, of when it is good versus when it's not. How would then a, a leader take advantage of the social media aspect of this? Because here they are probably getting some attention or they're getting people who possibly are in alignment with what they're doing. Is, is social media then something that they could actually work for them when they're getting that? Or how would you describe or help that leader decide what to do now with this um, awareness he or she might be bringing to the company. You know what I think? I think that leaders and CEOs in general are trigger happy right now with social media, and they because <laughs> you know they <laughs> they get excited with their own LinkedIn, and then they they read all of these things, and they think, oh, I have to post every day, and I you know they're just like. I think they're very excited that they feel like, oh, I can do this without having to run it through anyone else, without having to run it through the traditional gatekeepers mm -hmm. of my PR firm or my CMO. And I think it's a big mistake. I think they just because that never happened before. Right. Before, if a CEO was or was going to put out a statement, everyone else read it several times and edited it. And it went through these uh, massive mm -hmm. approval phase. It doesn't happen right now. What you have is all of these people who have these leaders with LinkedIn and their cell phones, and it's 11 at night, and they think, I'm just going to post something. Mm -hmm. And there's no real thought or strategy behind some of the things that they post because they're being told things like, you have to post every day, you have to keep going, you have to do this. And you know what? I think it just dilutes their message, and I think it puts out a lot of – I'd rather see them do one great post a week rather than posting every day. And so I see a lot of leaders basically shooting themselves in the foot with how they are using LinkedIn or social media right now in general with this, above and beyond just corporate social responsibility and, and CEO activism. You know, I'm, I'm intrigued uh, because I know you talk a lot about PR and social media, Chris. Um, what's the difference? Because I think someone might be listening and hearing those terms and, and wondering, okay, what does that really mean? So what's the difference between a PR and media in uh, media relations? So media, so PR is your strategy at large for how you are going to, you know, the PR can include community relations, for example, whereas media relations is specifically interacting with the media, whether that's a reporter or a TV producer, it's that interaction with the media. So PR is the, the larger strategy and media relations is a subset of that strategy within PR. And so we can actually, if uh, your listeners have any questions, we can direct them to the 
the guide I wrote called Media Relations Guide, mm-hmm. and I go over all the differences between those areas. Mm, okay, so I, I was kind of interested, intrigued because I I know that you know some leaders I find. Like you're saying, they they hear this idea: you got to be everywhere. You got to you know strike while the iron is hot. You got to get on things quickly because if you don't, you may lose an opportunity. But I'm I'm hearing you're kind of saying pulling it back and say basically, and you can correct me here that you need to have a long term strategy. And if it doesn't fit within that, they may not be the thing you as a leader need to do right now. Yes, I completely. You know, a picture comes to my mind. What what comes to mind here is a picture of a desolate mall. Do you know these pictures you see of what a desolate mall looks like and how they sort of have snow in them and because they're they've not, they're done, right? They're mm-hmm. sort of closed and people are figuring out what to do with them. Mm-hmm. Every time a leader decides that they're going to do a new social media strategy or anything new that or shiny that, that, that they see, I think of it like that picture of a mall with no one in it with snow on the slide or the stairs, right? That's how I think about it because there's no upkeep. And then there's just snow piling on, right? That's how I see all of these different things that CEOs start and never finish. Because that is what happens. They start all of these different things, and then they they see something else that's shiny and new. They want that. And then what happened to the other five things they just started? Nothing <laughs> happens, right? So you can't really be great at everything. You cannot be great at doing a podcast and content marketing and having an award-winning Instagram strategy and having an amazing, like you and being on TV, right? You, you have to figure out what are you best at? How do you best communicate with people? And that is the form that you, sh- whatever form that is mm-hmm. of communication, that's what you should use. How, how would then a later, cause I, I really love the idea of what you're describing and how the direction you're going, Chris, but I'm wondering though, is there a way for a leader to get their people on board with, say, they have thought it out, they've kind of, you know, realized we want to go in this direction. Is there a way to communicate that, that where people can feel like they have a buy-in and want to join in this process, in this overall direction the company is going in? Yes, I think that the best way for them to do that is to show that they have a, a pattern of sticking with things and following it through. Mm-hmm. The number one way that they their team is not going to get on board is if they see that leader constantly changing. If they can believe and trust that that leader is going to finish what they start, they will get on board. But one thing that employees particularly don't like doing is being pulled in a lot of directions and feel like whatever they're doing is meaningless because it's not going to get finished. So if they can trust that that leader is going to say, this is where we're going, this is what we're doing, and it's actually going to be finished, that will help. Mm. So do you find then, is there a difference between the age or, for example, the generations where these things are more likely to work uh, in your experience? For, For example, boomers, millennials, and all that kind of mix. Do you find that this may backfire or tend to have a more of a uh, traction in, a, in, in certain um, uh, generations more so than others? Do you mean in, ter- in terms of CEO activism? Yeah, I, and going back to even the CEO, the, the activism piece, but also the, the pulling in people into helping to get this company more like a buy into the company who are more apt to do those kind of things where he or she say have a clear direction of where they want to go and they are more activist in nature because they see it as a social good. Do you find that a certain generation or a group of people might be more apt to, to get behind that quicker than others? 
I mean, I think boomers in general, right, versus millennials, I, I think a lot of times if you look at boomers, uh, some of them have this great, they, they have great work ethic, they have a history of having teams that were, or team members that stay with them for long periods of time versus millennials who, if you just look at the facts, they hop from place to place way more. Mm. So if I were comparing the two, I'd probably say boomers have the upper hand in that um, in terms of that proven history of staying in one place for a much longer period of time. Again, that's not a knock at millennials. It's right. just difference of um, workplace preferences and moving around. So I would definitely say that. For okay. sure. So, 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 I mean, I think what I have, I find sometimes leaders, um, Chris, they're, they're struggling because they're wondering, how do I, who do I really cater to? Who do I try to fit and to, um, you know, make sure that they're, feel as they're part of something and they struggle sometimes how to communicate best to those two different segments of their workplace and they have this issue and they're trying to figure it out and it's hard sometimes, it's more challenging for them. I think that one thing that's important that we should discuss too is that not everyone's a leader. Mm. And I know that that's like a really hard thing for people to swallow and sort of accept, but it's not a bad thing. Some people, right? So some people are really great doers of just like being behind the computer, doing things, getting things done. Now that skill set is not the same skill set as having this higher level vision and getting people to align behind you and doing all these things, right? They're two very different ways of being and thinking in the world. And so I think that it, it's important to know yourself and to come to terms with what you're best at. And I think that we push this agenda on people and this rhetoric to tell them that they're all leaders. But I don't think that everyone is a leader. And if you're not a leader, I don't think that's a bad thing. I know that's probably so controversial to say <laughs> on this show, but I don't I don't know why it is. And I think it's um, I think it hurts people, to mm. be honest. I think it hurts people that struggle who aren't natural leaders. Um, for example, I think I'm really great at, uh, doing one of those, you know, the people I just described as a doer. Does that mean that I'm also great at, at coming up with a high level vision and getting people to come behind it? I don't think it's the same thing. Mm. And I don't think that makes me any less of a person or a worker. Um, I think it makes me understand what my uh, core skill set is and how I can best utilize it, right? If I know that I'm one of those people who may tend to sort of want to do a lot of different things, well, maybe that's not going to be ideal to direct someone, like I just said, that you need to. So I think that's just this sort of honesty pill that we need to swallow and come to terms with. And I don't think that's bad. I don't think it's bad. And we have this... I think we have a problem right now in America where we we have everyone on social media saying, oh, you have to be a leader. You have to do this. You have to do that. But we have no one telling people you have to work. You have to <laughs> being a leader is not the same thing as like doing the work. It's true. You know, and so I know your show is all about leadership and I support what you're doing. But I think we also need to, to give some sort of a positive message of encouragement mm -hmm. to some people out there that aren't leaders but are still amazing workers. You know, and, and I'm all with you, Chris, because I really advocate for that same idea. I, I talk about this many times. I say that, you know, unfortunately, some people are put into leadership because of their tenure or because of their skills they show at a different level and really have made a mess of their lives. And that is a shipwreck because they were not leaders. And sometimes I have, a, I'm coaching a client right now and she's been, she been put in a leadership position and said, 
I hate it. I want to go back to what I was doing, right? Because see, I don't like to leave people, right? So I find mm. I really concur with that a great deal. You know, something you said earlier, I want to kind of circle back to if I can, because you mentioned about people having a buy-in idea and uh, a CEO does think that we need to become an activist and it's a good thing to do. And I will say this statement. Well, my people, our team, our company are all behind this. We think, and they use a plural, we think this is the best thing for our company. But one thing that you wrote about was, did they speak to every single person and get them to, you know, and, and I, when I saw that, I'm thinking, yeah, that's right. How can they make a bold <laughs> statement? So what gives them that kind of... They can't, it's outrageous. <laughs> But it's they, outrageous. they do it, right? They do they it. They do it, and I think I think it's I think it's insane to do that because they're not speaking. It, what what they mean? They say we think, and what they mean to say is I think. They don't know what anyone else thinks. And I've heard from people too, by the way, that I've, I have countless examples of this where people, they know that I talk about this on air. So they will send me or they'll reach out to me through DM and say, oh my God, you know, my, my, uh, my company sent out this email and said that we're aligning on this thing. And they go, I feel really uncomfortable. Like, I don't want to lose my job, but I don't feel this way. Mm. This is not at all what I think. You know, it puts them in such an awkward, uncomfortable position where they don't even want to work. They don't want to go to work because now publicly, you know, they're aligned with something that they don't believe. Yeah. But what do they do? They can't say anything because they don't want to lose their job security. Yeah. So they're stuck. And what you have is a lot of people who are silenced right now in America mm-hmm. who can't say anything about it. That's yeah. sad. So that is a sad state of affairs that we are in. Um, so therefore, you know, I, I, and the reason I brought that up because you were talking about the leadership and not everyone ought to be a leader because I believe leaders have to take into account. And one of the things that I talk about in my book is that leaders have to be, I say leadership is stewardship, show you people you care for them, that they're, they matter. They are the number one primary resource. You're not using them. And I think a CEO who would just make those decisions and run with it that way is out of touch and really will eventually lose the most important people, I mean, most important resource that they ever had because people are going to either check out or become disengaged and say, okay, I want to get a paycheck, so I'm going to keep my job. But what happened to productivity? What happened to morale? All those things can be affected. Would you agree? Completely agree. I completely agree with that. And again, they have this social media microphone that they're using to sort of say whatever they want without thinking about any long-term consequences of this. And I think this whole sort of CEO activism as a brand strategy is this, it's this new in vogue thing to do in the moment, but I haven't really seen it uh, well thought out. And so again, there's a lot of uh, publicists who will say, no, this is great. Times are changing and this is amazing and it should have always been this way. Um, I mean, if it should have been, if it's always supposed to be that way, why is it that we tell people, oh, on the first date, you don't talk about politics, right? <laughs> there are still certain things that we say that hasn't changed. But yet now in the workplace, this has changed. And you know, it's even more strange. I bet you that they're still not encouraged to have these political conversations in the workplace. I think it's just that the CEOs are, are making these bold public statements. But if I can't imagine these people actually saying this yeah. in the office. No. So that it just seems like a really disconnected strategy to me, which is why I don't support it. And, you know, I, I agree with you because one of the things I really drive for, um, Chris, as we're coming down to the end here, is that I want – 
my big thing for helping leaders is to create an environment where people are going to be engaged, they're motivated, they're inspired. And I find that these things will do the opposite because if a person doesn't really align themselves, they're not going to do the things that the company wants them to do. And therefore, productivity and profit is going to get hurt in the long run. And so the question is, is it worth it? Is it worth it to do this? Yeah. I mean, that- so, so you say to a leader who's listening listening right now or know their boss is listening or can bring that to their attention, would you say, is it worth it? And if so, uh, yeah, is it worth it? So I think it can be worth it if it's in, if it's something that is sort of created in the ethos of your product, right? So let's say like you are uh, uh, sustainability, if you create a sustainability product, right, where your mission is to uh, – create natural beauty products, for example, and get rid of plastic and, and you create everything in glass bottles and right your, your whole company is created around that. Mm -hmm. And you continue to do things that sort of stand in alignment with that. That to me makes perfect sense as to why you do that. I'd support it. I purchase that product. I get it right. There's no surprises there Mm -hmm. because that is it. That is the brand ethos Mm -hmm. of that product that was created. The problem comes in when you have other people or other companies where politics or any of these things or corporate social responsibility was never at all included in anything Mm. that they were doing. If you look at their site, you'll see nothing. But suddenly, 20 years later, now Mm -hmm. they're taking a stand. Well, what about the first 20 years? What stand did you take then? You know, that's when it becomes hypocritical. That to me is when it looks like a cheap marketing ploy and nothing sustainable. My whole goal is, is this a sustainable strategy? So that's why, you know, a lot of times when people bring ideas to me, that that's the first thing I say. I don't like to see people create things that I, I, I don't see a future path for. And so I think you, these things need to be well thought out. For example, if we look at what I talked about in this article or in the, the segment, right, this was all about, I think, the CEO signing this whole thing about gun reform mm-hmm. and legislation. Where What's going on with them now? Mm-hmm. Has anyone written anything about this since this? I mean, what, when did I do this? I, this segment, this is probably t- uh, in September, right? Yeah. Have you heard from any of these CEOs on this since then? No. I've heard nothing. I mean, let's Google it. We could Google it. I don't see a thing coming out from any of them. But at the time, they all got a lot of earned media. Yeah. So to, as a consumer, I think, what was that? Yeah. Did you really care about this? Or was this just about putting on LinkedIn that you supported this because it was the in vogue thing to do? But now I don't hear a peep from you. To me, as a consumer, that just makes me not trust you. Mm. That is powerful. I, I, You know, that statement right there, I think you drove that home so well. And I, I agree because it put a blight on that company where I'm going to think, yes, last year, last month, last week, you were speaking about this. How does this fit into your company? And you're right. The key word you just mentioned just now, I think that's so powerful is I can't trust you anymore because if you can mislead me or somehow pull that over my eyes at that point, what else might you do to me as a consumer? So I really love the way that you kind of um, hone in on that. So I appreciate it. Thank you for, for, for really driving that home, you know? And here's the thing. I don't listen. If you want to stand for that or say whatever you want to say on either side, I'm fine with it. But why are you not putting out any content that still aligns with it four months later? That's the part that really gets me. Say whatever you want. Stand. Take whatever stand you want. But don't take a stand for a a PR 
move. Take a stand because you actually really believe in it and then follow through on that stand. Taking a stand does not mean writing a LinkedIn post or putting your signature on a name and that, or putting your signature on a, on a post or a document and then doing nothing with it. Yeah. That is my biggest issue right now with what these CEOs are doing. It, it just feels hypocritical to me. And again, four months later, I, I don't see anything from them on it. They should all have landing pages on their site. Yeah. If you're going to, if you're going to take that stand, if you're going to go out in the media publicly and get press coverage on it, you really better do something to follow it through. Because you know what? I don't believe you if you're telling me that four months ago you were so gung-ho on that and then today you're no longer, again, I just can't trust you and I don't believe you. So the next thing that comes around, when you say something, I'm like, oh, hey, you know what? This person has a reputation of jumping on a bandwagon for their own moment, but then they fade off into the horizon somewhere. I don't trust you. I won't even believe your statements anymore. Yeah. What about all those those tech company CEOs? What about all? There were like, you know, there were, I think, easily like over 100 CEOs, right? This That's not, where are they? What are they doing now? Yeah. Yeah. I really think you cited that in your article that is 150 <laughs> 50 CEOs who are yeah. all there. But the question is, I can't find them. I look around. Where are they now who are all this, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then what happened? <laughs> They're on to the next thing. <laughs> and that's why I can't believe it. That's why I don't believe it as a consumer when everyone's, how can you say anything about this? They're doing what's right for our country. Mm-hmm. What's right for our country is something that is sustainable. Yeah. So I don't care which way you want to lean on it. For me, it's not even about agreeing or disagreeing with the political stance. Right. Something that's going to be right for our country is a person who has conviction and can follow it through. That is a leader. Someone who uses social media as a microphone to post something for free PR in the moment is not a leader. That's someone who I believe takes advantage of the of the social media system. A leader is someone who has conviction and will follow it through. That's a that's a boom moment. That was awesome. So, Chris, I mean, we we could. I mean, I I I could talk about this all day because your your enthusiasm, your passion, but also your knowledge about this is, is just you know coming through so greatly. Um. So, as our people are listening today and wondering, you know, is there anything you're working on right now that you may want to have them hear about or the best way to connect with you to learn more about what you do and your company. Go ahead and let us know about that. Sure. You can check me out at rubymediagroup.com or chrisruby.com. I'm also on LinkedIn at chrisruby or uh, Instagram at chrisruby. But I think the best uh, guide would be the brand activism or CEO activism um, article that I wrote on my site. Um, And then also the media relations guide too will be helpful to answer that other question we talked about. And we have a link for that. Um, and then also follow this show so people can go there and get that. Because I, I believe, you know, when I, you will be surprised that what you're here today is only a drop in the bucket because she delivers. I have been, you know, I've been watching her, you know, her clips on, of course, in media, but also her posts. So I want to encourage you as you're listening that if you hear something that resonates with you today, make sure you check out, um, Chris because she has a lot to say about this and will help your company create long-term strategies and something that's sustainable, which is what you really need for your company. So don't, uh, let this some, be something you sit on, act on it today, as you have heard from her. Chris, I want to say thank you so very much for taking the time to be with us here on the show and delivering such great value. And I love the controversial things, but I love your conviction and you speak with power and a voice that I believe people will have to listen to or either 
not listen to, but you know, for me, I want to listen to that voice. So thank you for bringing a fresh perspective to to what we're hearing today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me on the show. And this was a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. And there you have it, my friend. Wow. Can't you say wow with me? Yeah, she was firing from all cylinders, right? Chris just kind of laid it out, but I appreciate her sensitivity as well in how she kind of talked about some of the issues that really we hear or we see and sometimes could create uh, a, you know, a delicate kind of a delicate matter, right? So I appreciate the way she navigated that. And I hope today that you took away from this some very helpful, valuable insights that she shared. And if you're one that is truly wanting to make, you know, be involved in social responsibility as a company and as a lead in the company, you, you might want to go back and think about or listen to what she said, or maybe you rem- remember what she said about the fact that if you're going to be that way, it's okay. However, be consistent. Let that be the thing that people know you're for and it's not just a one-time thing like some other companies are doing, right? And and so you lead with that kind of integrity and that consistency that people can know and can trust you and say, hey, you know what? Uh, these people, I may not agree, but I, I, I applaud their conviction. I applaud their stance. I applaud what they, they are really doing. And, you know, yeah, maybe not is, is my cup of, not my cup of tea, but it's okay. They're, at least they're being consistent. That is what my big takeaway is from this episode. What is your big takeaway? What you, what did you find most useful in this episode? I, I would love to hear from you. And so would Chris. You can really engage with us on LinkedIn because she's also there very heavily and also on her website that she mentioned before. You can go there and find her at chrisruby.com uh, and, and just, you know, the link will be in this, in this, um, the notes that follow the show. So you can also find it there as well. But make sure you connect with her. Let her know you heard her share it on the Kings of Grand show and your thoughts about that, right? So I would also love to hear what your thoughts are. And, and so dial with us when you see this post in LinkedIn, join in the conversation there as well. Now, I mentioned earlier at the very beginning that I wanted to share with you something that I'm going to implement in this this podcast, and that is, I was thinking, how can you get involved with this podcast a bit more? And, you know, somebody have asked about this before, but I didn't have an answer. I really didn't have a good enough answer. So what I have done is set up a an opportunity for you to be uh, a, to partner with me, to partner with me in the Kings of Grand show. And so on patreon.com, if you've never heard about it, don't worry. You can find out more if you go to patreon.com slash Kingsley Grant, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, patreon.com slash Kingsley Grant. And Kingsley Grant is one where there's no space, K-I-N-G-S-L-E-Y-G-R-A-N-T, patreon.com, and see how you can partner with me to help me even improve 
on this show, making this show more, ex- more I would say exciting, not necessarily exciting, but a lot more seamless and just kind of a better quality sound and, and additional things I can do. Uh, I really want to make this show in um, in the next, in the very near future, even better quality, plus do a more often production, you know, of my show more consistent. So that way you can really partner with me. And if you believe in this show, which I do believe you do, that's why you're here, you can show that support by partnering with me on patreon.com. So go there, patreon.com slash Grant, and see, just check it out. I mean, check it out, see if it's something that really you want to be a partner with and you want to join me with. And um, let's let's talk, right? I would love to have you join me there as well. And my friend, we've come to the end of our episode today. And I want to say thank you for joining me here along with Chris Ruby. And remember, you are one skill away, one skill away from your best hope, whatever that might be, which I hope is getting better results and prevent a toxic culture, a toxic environment, a toxic workplace, right? That really is what I'm sure you're after. So my friend, you know how we wrap this show up. With that said, peace out. God bless. Oh, before we do that, we must put this show back into the vault, right? So here we go. Let's put this show back into the vault. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. There it is. Now that the show is firmly um, tucked uh, tuck away into the vault, I can exit the command center of the Immortelligent Leadership Institute. And with that said, my friend, peace out. God bless. And I'll see you on the flip side. Yeah.